Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Simon. Is it time for one of those factorially things? Well, I've got nothing else on right now. How about you? Let's let's do that then. Go on then. It's something yeah. to do, isn't it, with the day? It is. So, welcome to Factorally. If you haven't been here before, where on earth have you been? If you have been here before, hello again. Hello. It's lovely to see you. What have you been up to? What are you up to right now? Actually, I wonder, I wonder, we, we sort of generally meet to record this thing at approximately the same time each week. We're sitting in the same position. I wonder what everyone else is doing. Are we interrupting people's work days? Are people listening to this over their breakfast? Walking the dog. All sorts. What are your podcast listening habits? Yes. Let us know. Drop it in the comments. When do you fact? <laughs> in case you don't know, we're both voiceovers. We are. We sit, we sit in padded rooms with nice microphones talking to no one. Indeed. That's pretty much how I describe my job. <laughs> what what have you been we never actually get to explore this this little world of ours what have you been working on recently bruce without I've, giving away any brand names or anything i've been working on a brand of belgian chocolates oh have you indeed which, for given commercial. well yeah given i'm a chocoholic it's very very bad because <laughs> I, I kind of do these and i i end up um I, I will now show simon something which you won't be able to see obviously but these are two Lindor chocolates that I'm just sitting oh, on my desk waiting to be eaten. Now, I, I am a bit of a, a Lindor fan myself. Was that a dark chocolate and a pistachio? No, dark and mint. Mint one. Oh, good shout. Oh, very nice ones. Very good. Very good. Other chocolates are available. No, they're not. No. Fine. no. Apart from the Belgian chocolates, which are, which I'm doing the commercials <laughs> for. Very nice. Uh, I'm currently working on some... Um, E-learning. Uh, I'm I'm producing some examples of English speech for international students learning English as uh -huh. a foreign language. So it's all terribly well pronounced and clear and slightly slowed down for the younger audience to understand what's going on. Well, there's a thing, isn't it a thing? So that's us. We we talk for a living, and then every now and then we come here and we talk to you, dear listeners, and we empty our minds which are all full of trivial fact related nonsense and we spill it out on you this is true shall i mention briefly that today's episode on plugs may contain material that uh, some people might find offensive and you can probably guess which material that will be given that it's about plugs oh you decided to go down that route i, I thought you were joking okay <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay, so um, if you're listening to this and you've no idea what Bruce is talking about, maybe this is not the episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very gentle with it, don't worry. Well done. Good. That's, uh, that's reassuring. Thank you. <laughs> so this week we're talking, as I mentioned earlier, about plugs. Yes. Lots of different sorts of plugs. What is a, Do we know the etymology of a plug? Funny you should ask that. Um, we do know the etymology of plug. It's another one of those words which was invented to describe the thing that it is describing. It's not one of those words that has changed and morphed much over the years. Um, we first see the word written down, at least, in the 17th century. Uh, it's a mixture of German and Dutch. The original word is plog, so that's fairly standard. It simply means to stop up a hole. Uh, yeah, so it's a verb initially to stop up a hole to plug something, and then it, it became the noun, the thing you use to stop up said hole. I see. There you go. Because sometimes you can plug things 
which means that you actually like unleash a whole load of information when you're plugging a record, for example, or when you're plugging ah. um, a book. Yes, now that's interesting. I didn't look into the origin of that type of plug. I wonder if the first plugs, in that sense, were sort of slotted in between other things. You know, if, if you're sort of having an interview with someone on the radio, perhaps you're just having a quick plug, you're inserting your advert ah, or filling something, a you're hole. plugging, filling the hole in between other ah, sections. maybe that's it. Could be that. That's pure speculation. Let's assume that's right. Good. That is now <laughs> the official answer, according to Bruce and Simon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Talking of filling things in, plugs have been used for, generally they're used for water. Hmm. So things like um, bath plugs. Yes. Or um, there are plugs in reservoirs. Sure, um, yeah. And, and canals. In fact, there's a, there's a famous plug in a canal in uh, Retford on the River Idle in 1978 when somebody accidentally pulled the plug on, on the canal and the no. entire canal emptied into into the into the river idol and then they had to, had to try and work out where the plug was and put it back in and then fill the canal back up oh my goodness i'm not totally convinced i knew that was a thing so canals have plugs i mean they, it sort of makes sense doesn't it canals are man-made items they're filled with water you know e either completely artificially or, or they they're led into by a nearby river or yeah. whatever it might be but there's actually a plug hole. There are to actually drain plug it. holes in in canals. Brilliant. Generally, they, they they vent into nearby rivers. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. If you, if you went to a uh, an aqueduct, and uh, I'm, they, I'm sure there must be plugs in aqueducts where you could kind of pull one out and the, all of the water would drop down like several hundred feet into, yes. <laughs> into the valley below with a satisfying gurgly swoosh yes. as it goes. Now, would they go <laughs> clockwise or anti-clockwise? I suppose it depends on where in the world you were. See, that's what most people think. It's not true. Gasp. Generally speaking, I mean, I have actually been to the equator right. and with two sinks, one either side of the, of the, of the line of the equator. You, you took the sinks with you? No, they, to... they, they, they were there ready to be used by, by <laughs> visitors. <laughs> I mean, I, I pack a lot when I go on holiday, but... Technically, the, the kitchen, kitchen sink, sink is, is not one of the things I pack. Um, and um, they showed you that, you know, if you just pulled the plug out, they would, it, it, they would go at random, either clockwise right. or anticlockwise, right. regardless of which side of the equator you were on. But it's, it's all to do with literally how you take the plug out. Okay. So that, the, whole, the whole thing about if you're in the northern hemisphere, you remove a plug, the water drains clockwise and counterclockwise in the southern hemisphere that's that's made up is it it's it's complete rubbish yes but there was an entire episode of the simpsons based around that premise bruce it can't be false actually well the simpsons is generally scientifically very accurate because a lot of the people who write the simpsons are, are uh, maths graduates from harvard yes but they're not physics graduates well they're actually no, that's not fair. <laughs> some of them are physics graduates but i don't think they've, they've done that much research into the way that water goes down plug right holes. Or maybe they were just sort of writing that script secretly, sniggering in the background, going, <laughs> we know this isn't true, That's but quite, the public don't. That is absolutely quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then they use plugs in mines. Right. They make um, cement uh, plugs to go in mines, because mines will obviously flood if, if there's any kind of water coming in. 
You do mines. Need a... Okay, I was I was thinking of like a minefield. Ah, right. Yes, sort of mining, sort of mines. Right, mines. Yes. Okay. So um, yes, if you're if you're mining and digging holes in the ground, hmm. um, so if you get below the water table, the, the the water will actually just fill the mine. So you need some way of of pumping that water out or having a, a plug hole that where the water can actually ex- exit the mine through a plug hole. Right. Okay. So there are mine plugs as well. There are, and if if the water is coming in. Um, through a hole in the in the top of the mine, then you need a a plug to plug that hole um, right. in, the, in the ceiling. It's usually made of cement. I think if I were experiencing water coming through a hole in the ceiling of a mine, my first response would be to get out of get the, the mine. Get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than waiting around for someone to bring me a plug. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the other, the other thing, obviously, that is a kind of a plug is a valve. A valve is a sort of plug, hmm, except it's, yeah. it's a plug that turns within a hole. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the Romans um, used bronze uh, valves okay. in their canals, funnily enough. Oh, did they? Uh, I, and I, I, for my sins, used to advertise um, Rockwell valves in, in, my, in, in a previous life I was in advertising. Mm. And uh, I've actually stood inside a valve that was used in the oil industry. And I'm six foot three. Wow. And I could sort of reach up and just about touch the top of the inside of the valve. It was huge. Goodness Although me. that's not the biggest valve. What is the biggest valve, Bruce? Well, as you would imagine, the biggest valves in the world are made <laughs> in Texas. Of course they are. Of, of course, course they, they are. are. And the biggest one is 40 feet tall. Hang on a tick. That's um, that's big. It's, it's, it, it's about four stories high. My goodness. And what's the purpose of that? Oil. Oil. It's an oil valve. Right, okay. So I don't think it's made by Rockwell, but um, Rockwell do make excellent valves. I should just point this out. Good to know. <laughs> For all your valvey needs. For all your valve needs. <laughs> so, so valves in, a, in, a, in an oil well, that, that, that is sort of used to stop and start the Regulate flow, flow as and yeah. when needed. Yes. So there's some kind of, I'm just sort of trying to picture this in my head, there's some kind of disc or something exactly exactly so generally there is a disc that is the same size and shape as the hole yes and what you want to do is you want to twist the disc in the yes within the hole so that it's either sort of like flat onto the hole so that Mm. nothing can get through or it's completely sort of in line with the hole so that everything can get through so that's quite similar to the the sort of bath plugs or or sink plugs you get in in hotels or or public conveniences sometimes where you just sort of jab one side of the plug and it rotates in the center in the center exactly so it's just that so technically that's a valve rather than a plug oh okay of course also valves in the in the in the taps which are kinds of plugs in 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 the taps so you've got plugs in the taps and valves in the sink it's very confusing goodness me (laughs) Well, that's just i was gonna say that's a minefield isn't it but we've already done mines so i won't so I discovered there was a, a, a patent or patent. Either is correct. Either is correct. <laughs> either or either is correct. Um, the, 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 the plug that we sort of recognize now, the rubber bath plug on the end of a chain, uh, was patented in 1959 by a man called Nicholas Treslow of Chicago. Uh, and he named it his patent sink stopper. Ah. So before, the, I mean... I can't believe that people didn't have a patent on or a patent on on plugs prior to the 1950s. I know it's odd, isn't it? You sort of assume these things have been around since forever. I don't know what the predecessor of that 1959 sink stopper 
looked like. See, but if, see if only the Romans had, had had the foresight to patent things. Yes, and take photos of them so we could see what they looked <laughs> exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> so that was in 1959. And then, this really surprised me. Um, you know a, a click-clack plug? No, what's a click-clack plug? Click-clack plug um, is named purely onomatopoeically because of the noise it makes. If you have a plug in your sink which uh, pops up and you press it and then it sort of sits downwards and as you press it it sort of goes click clack yeah and then again click clack to open it up does it go clack click when you open it back up though it doesn't because of a blout reduplication which is (laughs) something for another episode altogether this is the reason we have um tick tock instead of tock tick and things like that but that's Um, that's a that's a whole other area um so the, the, the click-clack, or officially the pop-up plug, was patented only two years later, in 1961, uh, by a gentleman called Clarence Victor Isherwood from Massachusetts. Uh, Americans, um, eh? Americans. So, yeah, the Americans have totally seemed to have the market on, uh, on patenting their plaques, their plaques, their plugs. They might have a patent for plaques as well, but who knows? <laughs> So if it, if the idea is to stop flow, why are electrical plugs called plugs? Well, that goes back to the um, the definition of a plug, which is to say that you insert it into a hole. Right. So an electrical plug, you put the electrical pins of the plug into the holes of a socket. You're plugging up the holes in the socket. Except that the flow of electricity isn't flowing when there's no plug in the hole. But when you put a plug into the socket, the flow is actually encouraged. Well, yes, but then what would be the alternative name? A flow enabler. <laughs> no one wants a flow enabler. They want a plug. <laughs> so electrical plugs, there's an interesting history to this. So when when we sort of think of an electrical plug, it's attached to a cord on the end of an appliance, usually a domestic appliance. It's inserted into a, a socket in the wall which has electricity connected to it. Therefore, the electricity supply gets to the appliance. Um, but when electricity first came into homes, it was purely for lighting. It wasn't for powering appliances. It was purely for lighting. Right. And um, it wasn't particularly well regulated. Uh, every socket that was installed uh, to have a light attached to it sort of had its own current, its own voltage, its own parameters and so on. Uh, and therefore... The cord going into the socket to connect it to the lights was bespoke to that particular outlet. So it was all a little, little bit haphazard and um, obviously quite prone to you know, electrocuting people and spontaneously combusting and things like that, uh, which is not what anyone really wants. I remember when I was younger, many, many, many... All those years ago, Bruce. The light switches in a room were also connected to these small round three-pin sockets. Right. And the small round three-pin, which I think you can still see in some old houses today, you can still see these old little three-pin round sockets. And 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 the pin pin holes themselves are circular as well, aren't they, rather than rectangular. Yeah. 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 So, and those were for the lighting. So so you could actually switch on all of the, the floor lights and the standard lamps and everything from a light switch on the wall which actually oh. was linked to all of the, 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 the mains kind of going around the wall to uh, attach right. to the lights. So that one switch would turn on all the lights yes. at once? rather than having to go around everything and like switch on and off each individual lamp. One by one by one, yeah. Yes. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. There, there's some dispute as to who actually invented the first electrical plug. Was it an American? It depends who you ask. <laughs> if you ask the Americans, they will say that it was a chap called Harvey Hubble in 1904. If you ask the Brits, they say it was a chap called T.T. Smith in 1883. Oh, we got there first. Apparently so. Hey. Um, you know, plugs have been around for a while before that, but the, the, the first sort of proper pin-based plug that you and I would recognise as the predecessor of the modern-day plug was one of those two chaps, <laughs> whoever happened to get to the patent office first. <laughs> um, so this gentleman, Harvey Hubble, uh, who is generally considered to be the one who invented the electrical plug, um, he had a, a, a history in, in lighting. He was the gentleman who had previously invented the pool chain light socket. So you mentioned a, a light switch, but before that we had pool chains, sort of like a, on a ceiling fan or on an old-fashioned toilet. You'd have a, a pool pool switch i still have one do you but i have two on your lights on my on my bathroom lights technically you're supposed to have them in bathroom lights so you either have the, the lights outside the room yes I think for british standard you have to have either the light switch outside the room or you have to have it on a what i would call a click clack oh boy um <laughs> as a light switch in like a, a pull pull light switch in the ceiling there are 15 different types of electrical plug 15 i know that's a lot. And, and the it? UK one is Type G. Type G. We have Type G plugs. Did we have Types A through F before that? There, there are an awful lot more before and after G, as, as, in, oh, as, in, as in there are 15 in total. But the, the, the Type G UK 13-amp uh, uh, square pin plug, yeah. is, it tends to be used in most of the places that uh, the Brits used to own, like Malta and Malaysia and Singapore. Right. And actually some of the um, Arabian Peninsula as well. And it okay. is the safest plug in the world. Is it really? It is, because it has a built-in fuse. Yes, that's true. It does, doesn't it? Now, I think I seem to remember reading that the, the introduction of the fuse was a, a post-war addition to the plugs, that this, uh, this G-type plug is a, a post-war creation. Ah. So before the war, uh, these plugs, these electrical plugs, used to have circular pins. It was just the standard that's how things always used to be um then after the second world war this g-type was invented with the the earth pin and the inbuilt fuse as you said and there was a, a bit of worry that um people would be putting the wrong type of plug into the wrong type of socket if you put the new g-type fused plug into an old socket that isn't designed to work with a fused plug all sorts of bad stuff could happen so in order for that not to happen by mistake um, the IEEE, IE. <laughs> which is the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, uh, decided, yes, it would be a bad idea for people to put the new type of plugs into the old type of sockets, and that's why they changed the pins to rectangular, uh -huh. so that you physically could not insert that plug into an old-style socket. And then slowly, bit by bit, you know, more and more sockets were replaced with the rectangular holes to fit the modern pins. Yeah. Uh, and we're all happier and safer for it. Um, and then along with that G-type came sort of the regulation of the socket so that you could just go and plug any appliance with a G-type so uh, G plug on it into any of the sockets in your house without blowing anything up or setting anything on fire. So uh, we did mention at the beginning of the show that we would be talking about something a little bit risque. 
We did, yes, we did. And, and there is a sort of plug that has been around since about sort of like 3000 BC. No. Uh, and used by Sumerians. And there's actually a bill of sale for a plug that is... Uh, okay, this is... <laughs> go on, just say it. Okay, it's a butt plug. There we go. There we go. Okay. And uh, the Sumerians were known to use them as a, as a almost, almost on a sort of religious basis. Really? There is there is one of the Egyptian hieroglyphs that they use called the Eye of Horus. Right. And I have discovered that what the eye, the Eye of Horus is actually Egyptian slang for your anus. Oh, really? And uh, so the 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 Egyptians believed that the Eye of Horus should be blinded once a day at least. And actually, there 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 are um, jeweled butt plugs, and right. and and they were they were recommended medically as well. Right for um, constipation relief and and uh, cure for hemorrhoids. Okay, I, I I can imagine there were people who had uh, more hemorrhoids than they probably had in order to get the excuse to go and use the jeweled. Um, it's it's actually called a a cabaram. The jeweled cabaram. How are we spelling that? K a b a r a m n. I believe. Okay, cabaram. Cabaram. Uh, yes, and uh, that was a jeweled butt plug. Right. Okay. Okay. So they've they've had sort of clinical, medicinal, and and possibly even religious purposes in, in the past. Yes. Um, presumably these days they're just used for for fun. They are used for, as toys. Yes. Recreational means. Yes. But I actually I, I have a friend who's got a um, one of those lovely glass display cabinets, which is normally full of like mice and figurines and hmm, and, yeah. and beautiful bits of of crockery, and and his is actually full of butt plugs. He's got, he's got an entire display of very ah. interesting and unusual butt plugs. Right, OK. What other form of plugs have you found? I had a little bit of a, a, a search down the line of um, earplugs. Of course. Again, just like with your, uh, your previous variety of plug, uh, earplugs have been around for a really long time. Uh, the, the first mention uh, in, in literature of an earplug is um, going all the way back to the Greek novel, uh, The Odyssey. Oh, I suppose the wax in the ears for uh, the sirens. Yes, precisely that, yeah. So Odysseus and his chums um, are warned of the fact that there are sirens in this particular area that they're sailing to. They're recommended to put beeswax into their ears so they don't hear the sirens call and thus protect them. Uh, they weren't called earplugs at the time, but that's the first mention of you know of that. Um, and they've been made out of all different sorts of uh, materials since. Wax seems to be quite a, a common uh, a common one up until a certain point. You can sort of mould them to the shape of your ear because they melt slightly. And, and when, when they harden, if you put them in there whilst they're still soft and then allow them to harden, they should really sort of mould to the shape of your ear and provide a better sound insulation. Um, in 1962... A couple called Ray and Cecilia Benner invented the first silicon moldable earplug, which I guess is sort of the, the, the modern day equivalent yeah. of the beeswax ones. And then the the sort of material that we use now, it's that kind of squidgy, foamy, it's almost like a memory foam type yes. material. Yes. Um this material was discovered all the way all the way back in nineteen sixty seven at the National Research Corporation in 
once again, America. Of course. And uh, this this team were uh, doing a, a project on sealing joints, and they developed this particular resin that had energy absorption properties to it, and uh, they called it, way before they started using it for earplugs, they called it the Energy Absorption Resin. E-A-R. The acronym of yes, which is EAR. of course. <laughs> How fortuitous. Um, and then that's that's what it was used for. It was used for sealing joints. And then in 1972, it was refined slightly and turned into the, the sort of the memory foam type material that we Got it. we know now, um, which is sort of still the basis of modern day earplugs. Um, they have noise ratings. You can get different densities of, of earplugs to block out different levels of noise, depending on where you are and what you're doing. So the ones you get on an aeroplane or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sort of background noise blocking on an aeroplane. Yeah. Uh, Did you know that you can get them in venues for free? Really? Yes. So if a venue has live music, I think by law, they technically have to be able to supply you with earplugs ah. um, just, just to prevent your ears from being damaged by the noise. Right, so enough so that you can still hear what's going on, but not so yes. much that it hurts. Yes. That makes sense. Um, they're used in industry. They're they're used in um, um, sports racing. They're used in uh, construction. They're used anywhere where you're regularly exposed to to loud noises. Um, and they have different noise ratings. So um, the the rating sort of depicts how much of a reduction in decibels that plug uh -huh. gives you. Interesting. Um, so an example I found was that if you're riding a motorcycle, I found this one because I know that you're a bit of a, a petrol head. I, I, am, I am a biker. <laughs> um, if you're riding a motorcycle, that produces a sound of somewhere around 95 decibels. If you wear a, a, an ear, a pair of earplugs with a 20 rating, then the noise would be reduced to 75 decibels, which to my mind is, is still quite loud, but presumably not quite so uncomfortably loud. I had used to have, when I, talking of motors and loud noises, uh, when I used to race um, cars, in order to speak to the pits, you had to have um, some sort of way of hearing what the pits were saying as well yeah. as a microphone to talk to them. Yeah. And I had, I had several pairs of uh, custom monitor ear, earphones made, which were basically, they take a molding of your ear. Right. And then they put, then they actually make uh, like an earplug that's your, exactly the shape of your ear, and they put a speaker, oh. a tiny little speaker in them. Uh, so they they are they are actually the best mm. headphones mm. or or um, earbuds that you could possibly ever have because they fit your ear perfectly, and there's no other sound that gets through apart from the sound in the um, oh, in the speakers. So there we go. That's lots of different types of plug. Uh, do you have any other plug-related info for us, Bruce? Um, I don't. But I was just thinking when you were mentioning earplugs, I was thinking about nose plugs as well. For sort of like if if you if you're doing something which is in a very smelly environment, you can you can plug up your nose with a, a nose plug. Can you? You can. I didn't know that. It does make you sound very weird. I would imagine talking like that the whole time. <laughs> but uh, but you know, nose plugs are a thing. Right, okay. Oh. Earplugs, nose plugs, plugs for the other end, all sorts of different plugs, plugs for your body. everywhere. Because in the old days, just thinking about that, that idea of nose plugs, going back several hundred years, um, everything was a little bit smellier than, than it is now. Everything's sort of quite clinical these days. But um, yes. people used to carry around with them something called a nosegay. 
I I've heard of this. This is this is like something that you sort of smell to avoid the noxious smell. Remind me. Yeah, so you pretty much bang on. So it's it's a little um, is posy the right word? I think it probably is. I'm going to go with it is. Um, a little a little cloth bag or a pouch or sometimes um, like a mobile potpourri. A mobile potpourri. There you go. Best way of describing it. A little bag of herbs, spices, petals, whatever it might be that you could hold up against your nose and you know use it to mask the smell of the 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 well not necessarily the countryside because that's quite a nice smell but you know, if life. you're walking through central london a few yes. hundred years ago it's probably not so sweet um and they even had some of these nosegays could fit to the end of your your cane your walking stick uh, ah. so you would just hold your cane up against your nose and uh, it would make everything smell better for a short while or alternatively just fill your nose with wax there you go Simple. <laughs> well, there we go. I think um, we we may well have just had the longest conversation anyone has ever had about plugs. Um, if if all of our dear listeners have enjoyed listening to us rabbit on, please do all the things you're supposed to do with podcasts. Give us a plug. <laughs> <laughs> with your friends. Indeed. Uh, review us. Uh, like us. Like us. Share us. Comment all on us. Things. Yeah. All those sorts of and things. Don't leave us on the end of a chain. No. Dangling dangling around the taps. <laughs> so thank you very much. And um, we look forward to seeing you next time when we talk about something else. Indeed. Um, at random for about half an hour. Give or take. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. See you next thank time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.